Vintage Sand. Hello, hello, hello! It's your favorites, it's Team Vintage Sand. We're back, this time with the Oscars behind us and a fresh look at our favorite films of 2021. And I think we're going to have some interesting discussion about that because it was really not one of my favorite film years. Although, you know, that may be just because I saw almost everything on a small screen and things don't stick with me. I don't know. Because and I, got, I think hmm. this is one of the better film years and I saw almost everything on the big screen. Interesting. Yeah. And that may make all the difference. Maybe. So, so, and we have to, at the end, I think, you guys read Ross Doubt That's article yes, about I did. the end of yeah. film. So we need to sort of talk about yeah. that and, and what that means. But of course, we really... I thought he left out two major things. That oh, wait, part, wait, wait, we're going to save... We're going to save it for later? We're okay. saving it for later. Okay. So, uh, but it's so glad, it's so good to be back and uh, it was it was good to see a fairly normal Oscars ceremony, although I do miss the train station. You gotta love the train station. <laughs> that was pretty fairly. It was normal, but it wasn't very good. Well, Besides, it, you know, besides, you know what, that's right. And so for the, our opening joke... Uh, is that uh, is that the uh, be- winner for best picture this year is the 1924 Lon Chaney horror classic He Who Gets Slapped? So, which by the way is the real name of a film, and it's actually a pretty good horror film. But uh, so, should we get that over with? Yeah, let's I get don't it really... over with because I, I found that um, I think most people had the same little reaction that it took a while to really process what happened and how horrible it was. I, I think it's just another symptom of, you know, uh, of this, you know, people attacking flight attendants and just this total lack Perhaps. of I mean, self-control I, I and thought, tolerance. I, first of all, we don't know if Chris Rock knows about Jada Pinkett Smith. It was Pinkett very Smith. public. It was. She announced it four years ago and has been very public about it. So and I, I guess say, he knew. so what? No, well, what I'm going to say, though, I thought his joke was over the line. It's inappropriate to make jokes about someone's medical condition, but but that's what kind of what comedians do. But yeah. it was not. It was just. It was way over over the line for him to go up there on stage and hit him. Right. And the fact is, if you uh, I I DVR'd the Oscars and I looked back and he was laughing at first. Right, and then Jada shot him. Yeah, it was very weird. Yeah. That, yeah. Whole, that whole thing, everybody, that whole thing happened, and then he was cursing, and it was it was bizarre. It was. Like I think a, he. Was, I think it, he was on drugs. It was like a switch came off, and they did ask him to leave. He refused, and the producer decided let's not create more drama. But how about a shout out to Denzel Washington, who and Tyler Perry, who yeah. walked over there and yeah. calmed him down. Yeah, they and and him. and you know he actually quoted Denzel's what Denzel said to him in the speech. So yay for him. Uh, for defusing, and and even to to uh, Sean Combs, who also sort of managed to defuse yeah. the situation a little yeah. bit, but um, and then Amy Schumer for did I miss something? The whole, the whole, the <laughs> whole possibly the funniest the, line of the night. The whole tone of the room has changed. Did I? <laughs> she, that was awesome. apparently she. Uh, but then he got such a warm ovation right. when he won. Well, the, the fact is, and we'll get into it in, in a minute, but I think he kind of deserved it. I might have voted for Benedict Cumberbatch. I would have. I did vote for Benedict Cumberbatch in the SAG Awards, and they, they the SAG and the Oscars. Oh yeah, the best I, actor oh, was I have no the argument. Only. I thought Will Smith was excellent in the movie. I thought he was yeah. good. Yeah. He's fine. Yeah, I couldn't have done better. I, I didn't think much of the movie. Well, that's another it's story, a, but it's a good movie. Yeah. It's nothing great. Yeah, it's, nothing too radical. Long, but. but 
before we get into the Oscars themselves, I was just, you know, last year when we did this show in the, with the same kind of structure, um, you know, we kind of agreed on the fact that at least Nomadland and Minari were two films that we felt were going to really enter the canon. Like in yes. 30, 40, 50 years, yeah. people I would still be watched. Really? No, I even said on the, uh, that podcast that if we're still doing this podcast at the end of the decade, that I can't see me putting any of uh, the movies. I don't know. I just I just watched Minari again recently, and I loved it. I think yeah, it's a good it's, movie. It's, I, I don't think it's a great movie. movie that's all. Yeah, I, just, I think it's excellent. Um, and uh, it's constantly shown. And I think, uh, well, I mean, so for this year, maybe West Side Story will yes. will be watched. Maybe Drive My Car. I think Drive My Car is one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's lovely. Mm-hmm. It's, it's well, I. I, I, I Oh, oh, okay. We're gonna we're gonna duke it out this one. I love it. All right, and uh, and maybe Power of the Dog. But I mean, I I I have Power of the Dog. I think is excellent. It's it's so well made. Yes. But do you really want to watch it again? No. What? Right. And it's also really thematically, kinda, it's, it's a just, cold movie. Well, it's, it's, it's not very groundbreaking either. It's, I mean, well, it's, it's just kind of icky. <laughs> And it sort of falls into the, and Michael, I'll defer to you on this one, obviously, but it sort of, you know, falls into the same old gay cowboy stereotypes. It didn't really break any new ground. Well, according to Mr. Um, Sam Elliott. Oh, Sam Elliott. That's who. Well, he so, said that, he said there were no gay cowboys in uh, Montana oh, in the 1920s. Right. He yeah, seems yeah. to be an expert on that. Well, listen. This is the guy who was the stranger, one of the great all-knowing characters of all time in The Big Lebowski. So we got to respect him. Yeah, but True. he doesn't know. But I mean, I I felt that like Brokeback Mountain broke more ground. Yeah, I don't think it was a groundbreaking a, film. I thought it was a very very good film, but it is a cold film. Well, we, when we go yeah. the individual. So I would say that the diving in. I mean, I, I I refer to Power of the Dog as Brokeback Piano. I mean, I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was you know technically beautiful. Campion yeah. has an incredible right. eye. She's a yeah. she's a brilliant craftsman. I thought it was brilliantly acted. I was glad she won director. I was very glad. I wish I had won music. Frankly, I know you love Dune. Don't. Don't start me on that, please. Because yeah. no, in my disappointments, that was one oh, of the I loved biggest. Oh, I love the music. No, I'm saying I agree with you, and they gave it to Hans freaking Zimmer oh, I thought, again. Oh, Hans Zimmer. We're, we're going to have a real discussion on Dune when we get to it. <laughs> well, I mean, so, so I thought that, that, that it was the best thing I saw, but, but deeply flawed. And again, I don't know if people are going to watch Power of the Dog in 25 years. Well, I don't think they're going to watch it again, period, because this is... It's a I don't cold think, movie. I don't think they're going to watch it again because it's just an icky movie. It's a cold, it's, it's, cold... It makes you really uncomfortable. But, but, but so does Parasite. No, pa- but Parasite... Diff- Parasite, though, Parasite, you're taking in, you're really pulling for those characters, yes. and then it kind of, as it keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper, you start to feel uncomfortable, like, oh, maybe they're going too far. This this, this is... Uh, There's no one to really really like a lot in that in, in Power of the Dog. And that's my point. A, to me, a cold movie, and I happen to like cold movies, uh, Phantom Thread, I would call a cold movie. Frankly, Josh, I'd call 2001 A Space Odyssey At 100%. a cold movie. Cold as And ice. they tend what do you mean, Dave? not <laughs> they tend not to win the best picture. The only one I can think of. I'm sorry, Dave, I can't turn the podcast on. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Stop, Dave. The only Stop. one the only one I can think of that won in the history of the Oscars is possibly um, um, No Country for Old Men. Mm. 
that I would call. I the think cold Tommy movie. Lee Jones gives that a little bit of warmth, More, but a not bit much. Heart. Not yeah. much. I came out of that movie just wanting to shower. <laughs> <laughs> We're posting that film up on the podcast webpage, guys. So uh, anyone interested? <laughs> it's, it's not a pretty sight. Trust me. So I. So I. Was, I, I as I said, I love. I love cold movies. As an 11-year-old, I much prefer Darling to the Sound of Music. Darling is as cold as they get. Yes. And I just recently saw at Film Forum what I now consider one of the great movies of the 1960s, The Servant. Oh, Dirk Bogard, yes. They had a new version of Joseph (laughs) Losey's. It is so brilliant. And yet, once again, ice cold. Interesting. So what? So Power of the Dog would would have been my choice for Best Picture given what was nominated. Mike, what about you? Drive my car. Yeah, I I loved it. I've seen it three times at the theater. I'm so moved by that film, and I've never seen anything really like I, it. I I liked it. My problem with it, not, it's not really a problem. Um, it it could have been cut. Really, there I were w- so many establishing shots that were unnecessary. I didn't think I mean, so. I mean, there were, uh, when I was watching it, at one point I said, I know they're driving in a car. Why do you have to keep <laughs> showing me them, showing the car moving on the road? You're not making any I've, kind of point. I might have but, felt that way in the, the first time I saw it, but I, but I did, I did like it. And it, it reminded me, you know, I was really interested that that so-called prologue, the beginning. Yeah. He was with his wife. A 40-minute right? prologue when before you, the credits. Before the credits, yeah. When you first... And he discovers her with another man. It was so disturbing. But what was far more disturbing was his reaction. Yeah. Just walked out and he, closed well, the door. I mean, he, and just, well, he just completely shuts down. Presuming, we can presume that this has happened before. Yes. Well, yeah, as, as the movie goes along, that's what you start yeah. to figure out. But it, it reminded me a little bit of Ozu movies because, um, cause the, char- because the character, first of all, the character is a cliche. He's the, the, the archetypal detached artist who cannot express any emotion other than through his art. And you know, really, after that first half hour, where this movie is going. I didn't. Oh, come on. You didn't know there were eventually it was going to lead to them finally confessing like, and, and getting it all out of his system? You didn't know that? Well, you knew it was going there. But what it reminded me about, it makes me think of Ozu, is that it's the same kind of thing. You have that first half hour or so where everything's a sort of a setup, and it... It, you get you you get very involved with those characters, and you and you know where it's going to go. But because you want to go along for the ride, because it's done so well, you stay with it. And and the ending is still very moving. Yep. And this, her story was far more tragic. Actually. Yeah, exactly. Yes. The, the fire and the yeah. Oh my I mean, god. Yeah. But this, the, her, coupled this, with the fact that she didn't really like her mother. <laughs> right. No. There was that. But I mean, you know, the, the the tragedy of losing his wife and having lost the daughter, and you know, all that thrown at yeah. us before the credits come on. Yeah. That was. But it is a forty-minute prologue. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Beat Sergio Leone. who took twenty-two minutes for the credits <laughs> of, once, of Once Upon a Time in the West. So yeah. no, but I, fa- I I found for a movie that was so small scale in terms of its sort of domesticity and focus on individuals and feelings it's, that the three hours went by very fast. I didn't notice the time. No, oh yeah, no, I wasn't bored or anything like that. I, I, I just thought that it could have been it could have been shorter because there was so many establishing shots that were unnecessary. I don't know what he was trying to do with that. At the same time, I really liked the fact that he filmed it in a way that was very, very simple, and and rather elegant at times, so that you you're allowed to become involved like with the characters. Yeah, like, I think the Ozu's like a great Ozu. comparison, John. Yeah. And what's interesting about it is it's not a hit in Japan. Really? No, not at all. Huh. 
the Japan, they tend to like more of the, you know, loud, what do you call it? The action, movie, action like, oriented. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of evolved. I mean, like, I, I, I wonder how Mitsuguchi and Ozu and, yeah. and Kurosawa would do now in Japan. The reason <laughs> I think it got nominated, and I was frankly, I had seen it way, you know, way before the Oscar nominations came out. I think it was because it was the first movie to win Best Picture from all three major critics group. Oh. The New York, LA, and National Society National. Film Critics. That's mm. never happened before. Yeah. And it was basically a critics movie, but it even didn't do that well here. I no, know very it didn't. no it didn't. Yeah. Well, also it was playing at the film forum and something. Right. Well, it was also it. playing at AMC. For a short while, right? Yeah. yeah. For, for, that's where I saw it my second and third time. <laughs> so then the question has to be asked then what did you guys think about Coda? I loved Coda. I don't think it's a great movie. And it's not. Pro- it's probably not what I would have voted for as far as the, the group of no, movies that are I, nominated. No, I thought it was beautifully acted. By some. I thought the, uh, but the script was totally after school special. Well, sort of, yes. I, I, I agree. And also, I don't know if you've been reading articles. There was a, a big article in the New York Times about what the advocates for the deaf think about it. And they're happy it yes. was made. But there's a huge hole in the script. The fact that that situation where... Um, the parent, you know, the parents who have this job with the fisheries, mm-hmm. it would not happen today because of uh, because of the uh, Americans for Disabilities Act of 1990. They would have had a government paid person on that boat all the time. Yeah, it would be a full time job. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it, but it, it, remember, it was it was not adapted from a book. It was adapted from, from a, movie, a French from movie. French film. Yep. So either uh, either the screenwriter didn't know or yeah. didn't do her homework, or which didn't makes care. it really interesting because there is that part with the government official on the boat. Yeah. Right? Which is such a painful scene. Yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah. kind of artificial. Also, the whole thing built up to her singing both sides now, and you know, at the audition, and it really wasn't that inspirational or good. <laughs> I don't know if I would have let her in, but the fact that the fact that Troy Koser won supporting, he I'm was very good, wonderful. I thought I, I didn't I, vote for him in SAG. I voted for um, Smith McGee from uh, Power of the Dog, but I thought he was very good. He's a cousin he, to Norman Bates. True. Yes. True. Well, I, I'm a but member. But no one's used Anthrax better in a film than that character. I am a member of the Norman Bates. Now, did you figure that one out? Was that a surprise? Yes. Yes. Was was? Surprise. Really. Yeah. Because uh, I knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> but getting back to Coda, um, I um, I didn't care for Marley Matlin. I thought she, she was, was a little, little over, too much. Too much. too much. I really loved uh, uh, Durant. The, yeah, and I've seen him on stage. He was in Spring Awakening here in New York, the Deaf West production. Right. He's quite quite good. Uh, I didn't care for the boyfriend. No. I thought well, he, he was, was bland. bland. I thought yeah, uh, Tom Cruise without the warmth and depth. I mean, it's <laughs> like it always goes back to Tom Talk Cruise. About, you know, we have, well, we, uh, another pretty boy. Now we have to mention he, Torn Curtain. because we snub you or something, I mean? You can tell us. No. <laughs> ah, the truth almost revealed. To be revealed. continued. No, no, no. But I mean, I just... This is a family show. He came, out, he came off to me as like... Why does she care about him? He's just so. Mucha. I didn't love the music teacher either. Maybe, no, right because he the wasn't writing very good was either. so cliched. No one can write teachers. And I'm a little uh, biased. But. The, the funny <laughs> thing is, when this movie came out in August, it was not. 
terribly well-reviewed. Uh, I, I got a quote from the New York Times, whose second-string critic, Jeanette Coolis. Yeah. Well, she it said only, it was... When it first came out, it was only released on Apple, wasn't it? Was no, it, it was a week. Be... There was a week it played in theaters. When it, I mean when it was first released? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, it, it, supposedly it has to, to qualify for Oscars. Well, before before a certain time. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it... The it, was. it was simultaneously released. It was by at Apple Cinema and One. Theater. I remember seeing the trailer when I saw something else at <laughs> Cinema One. I'm thinking, eh. but it said here, uh, looking for the quote, it um, it was weighed down by a groaningly predictable plot. Absolutely, after, it, after school special, but that it relishes the opportunity to showcase the expressiveness of sign language. So. Well, I, the moment I loved was when they're at her concert and mm -hmm. the sound goes Yes. Yeah, that That's the moment that people yeah. are going to show. I mean, if I'm teaching how to use sound in a movie, you know, yeah. that I would show right. that because I, that I mean, was I, so powerful. I pretty much agree with everything you're saying. It's not a great movie, but I, I did like it a lot, and I was very moved by it. But I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. No, I liked <laughs> it, but I have no need to see it again. Oh, God. Yeah, no. well, yeah, no, I understand no, but, that. No, well, no yeah, but we've always just, said that one of the things that makes a great movie is the is that you want to see wanna, it with repeated yeah, viewing. Yeah, there's something it's about a movie it that makes you want to watch over and over again, and you keep discovering new things. It's a movie... That nobody could dislike. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, even that's the MAGA people would probably like it. <laughs> I'm serious. That's a bold statement, Mikey. I bet you. Bold statement. If they if they could find it, I mean, that was the other thing. It was. Well, it I'm was, sure they don't like. Don't look up. <laughs> yeah. Well, either do I. <laughs> well, that's. I'm going to mention that in my disappointments because yeah. I thought I thought the best performance in that film was the one that didn't get nominated. How do you not nominate Mark Rylance? As I didn't sort like of, Mark Rylance. I thought he was great in I that. Didn't I didn't like thought... any of the people who played the villains in that because it was acting 1001. You don't comment on your characters. Yes. Mm. And it's a good point. Nice. He was commenting. Streep was. Kate yes. Blanchett and was like, you guys know better. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I admire uh, McKay for all the stuff that he's trying to do. Yeah. But when I, and I saw the film twice, I made it a point to watch it again. And it's I, really, it's the writing. It's the writing. It's not funny. Satire so it's hard. So I, but I got to tell you guys something. If you want to see a really, really good satire, it's on stage now on Broadway. Tracy Letts, The Minutes. Oh, I love Tracy Letts. Then go see this. It's in previews Ooh. now. It is brilliant. He's in it as, as well as writing it. It's about a city council in a small town, and that's all I want to say about it. All but right. this is brilliant satire. This isn't, and I got really ticked off uh, about Don't Look Now when both um, McKay and uh, the other uh, writer, David Sorda, who's worked for uh, Bernie Sanders, he was a speechwriter for Bernie Sanders, in 2016, he said, well, if you, these critics, these people who don't like, don't look up, uh, they really don't care about yeah, climate no, change. Stupid. And I got yeah, really, really stupid. mad. That's like me saying I don't like the longest yard, so I'm a pro Third Reich. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. I, yeah. but, but they did say, and they said it several times, and it's like, guys, no. get off your high horse. No. Yeah, that's not, that not acceptable. You know, the loony I mean, left. It was it was uh, it was fine. I didn't love DiCaprio. I didn't love Jennifer Lawrence. See, it's, I didn't mind them. They were okay. They but were just they okay. Were, they were but that's two pretty good actors who should be given yeah. for me. Were the, worth better. The funniest, the one scene that I found really funny was the scene, and it was almost lifted from Network, when um, uh, Melanie Ryle, uh, Melanie Lansky was throwing the pills. <laughs> 
at Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. That made me laugh out loud. And of course, that was like the Beatrice Strait scene in Network. That's a that's a film that nobody is going to watch. At, no one's watching it now. I mean, I, I don't think that's even going to be But it, it was a big hit for Netflix. Supposedly, it's the second most watched film. I don't know what's first. I, I mean, I appreciate the sentiment. I agree with right. the politics. Of but course I don't, don't think don't. it was... a a very good Don't well look up. Is the second most watched movie? I read somewhere there was the second most watched movie on Netflix. Really? Hmm. Interesting. But uh, and, but why wouldn't it be? Because it's got all because these of stars. The cast. Yeah, that, well, that makes. sense. I mean, sense. and I was certainly okay with best supporting actress. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, she's, this was a strong year. She's wonderful for supporting. Oh, yes. oh, oh, she was great. Ariana New I, I was I was hoping when I realized after the second time I saw. Power of the Dog, and I said, there's no way this is going to win Best Picture. I still hoped, among hopes, that West Side Story was going to take it. Mm. Or Belfast. Or Belfast? Belfast, I think, is a far better movie than Coda. No, uh, I, I think I would agree with and that. And when it's, I saw... It's, it's, it's a beautiful movie. Yes. When I saw Belfast, and I saw it, I think, a week before it was released, I said, oh, this is going to win the Oscar. My only slight problem with Belfast is, I got a feeling Kenneth Branagh does not like or his young older brother doesn't like him because that older brother was the one mm. character who was basically not there. It was so yeah. thinly drawn and everybody else's character was so rich. I mean, I'm glad he finally won an Oscar for something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I love Catriona Belfield. Oh, I oh, loved oh, her. God, she was great. I loved everybody. I thought the kid was great. Yeah, he was very He good. really was. If he had been nominated for Best Actor, frankly, I would have voted for him over um, Mr. Smith. Really? Yeah, and and you know how me I am with children, <laughs> with child actors. I That's generally right. no, don't care. Captain King, My, right? No, Michael's playing the child catcher in the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang movie, <laughs> who I still children. say is a misunderstood character. I have lollipops for you. <laughs> that would be my no. The my only problem with uh, with and it's not a problem with Ariana DeBose winning. She totally deserved it. But my favorite performance of the year, and the one that stuck with me in a film I really didn't love that much, was Jessie Buckley, who was nominated. Yes, and loved her. In I the was Lost so Star. happy she got nominated. Oh my oh, god, she was good. That she was good. I liked the movie. I like. It's the not movie. on my ten best, but it's. I liked it a lot. I, I love Olivia Coleman. Olivia she was who I voted for for best actress in the SAG Awards, but that's because Penelope Cruz wasn't nominated in SAG. Which, how, just oh, been, which I really liked a lot. You, it, you saw it? Oh, yeah. I did not see it. Oh, God, See it, see it. I really, oh, I really I, like I, it. I, we can talk yeah, about yeah, it yeah, after yeah, we yeah. get through the list. Right, of right. Um, so I, uh, my disappointments, okay, here I go. How do you not nominate Denny Villeneuve for best director for Dune. Okay, I liked Dune. This is a I was guy surprised I liked it. Who creates? I, I know you had probably hated it. No, I didn't hate it. Okay. But he creates an entire universe yes. out of whole cloth. He does, which yeah. is what a director does. It won more. I assume it won, won more six Oscars, Oscars than it. Yeah, yeah it did. Yeah. All ta- How does he not even get nominated? Okay, um, I, here are my two problems with Dune. One of them is just a Michael problem because I just don't like humorless science fiction, and I just thought. This is kind of a slog. It's Star it, Wars without humor. It, it Technically, serious. I think it is brilliant. But here's the question. Now, you, you haven't read the book, I take it. No. You read the book. When I was 14. Okay. Is the character of Paul supposed to be androgynous? I don't know. <laughs> but that but that was my one problem. I loved all of the other actors. Oscar Isaac, who plays the mom, but I didn't buy Timothy Chalamet. I didn't Paul. at all. I yeah, was sitting there watching it. 
And it was taking me out of the movie. I thought, okay. <laughs> Zendaya has that one line, like, what is it? I forget exactly what she says. It's like, yeah, you got a point. <laughs> like, well, like, I don't believe it. <laughs> there were shots in there where he looked like various actresses. He could be a, a, almost a, a, a twin for Rooney Mara. Yeah, okay. Yeah, except, she, except her face is more masculine. I'm assuming <laughs> I'm assuming that he is going to in the second half when that's released that he's going to step into that the power. Well, I, that I, he, I wonder because it took me out of the movie. I was like, okay, Zazu Pitts. He looks like Zazu Pitts in this shot. Like Zazu. Doesn't look like in Zazu one shot he Pitts. did a young Zazu Pitts. Young <laughs> in one shot he reminded but me. But apparently of, he didn't get paid enough because he couldn't afford to wear a shirt at the Oscars. Well, that. that's <laughs> supposedly in. I mean. But the funny thing is, I don't find him that way in other movies. I didn't find him in that way in The French Dispatch. I didn't find him that way in, in Don't Look Up. And then the other thing I found peculiar when I went to see Dune, and there was about 80 people there, is there wasn't a single woman in the audience. Interesting. I thought that was mm. odd. I felt like I was at a porn movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there goes our PG rating, y'all. All right. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I... how often do you go to a movie that has, and I, I counted, because I realized around me, and it was a Friday night. No, there are no women here. It's it, it, I understand all that, and I and I totally agree with you on Timothy Chalamet. I, and I, I got to tell you, this is just a funny aside. Does it involve porn movies? No. Okay. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I'm watching on Turner Sticky Classic seats. Movies, The Divorcee, with Norma Shearer, which I'd never seen, which she won her Oscar. And I swear to God, there were shots in that where she reminded me of Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not I, sold I don't on think him they yet. They look alike, but I, well, I checked their ages. They, they, uh, she died 12, 12 years before he Maybe was born. Reincarnation. It's possible. Like but, the Dalai Lama. But I only <laughs> see that in this movie. I have not seen that in any of the other films I've seen him in, and so I. That's why I'm asking you about the androgyny of it, because maybe it was intentional. If it was intentional, okay. If it wasn't intentional, he should have gotten another. I mean, actor. that's yeah. I mean, that's certainly and that's not, my big problem with Doom. That's not the way Colin McLaughlin played it in the Lynch. No, Doom. no. Um, although I, unlike the, the Lynch Doom, I understood what was going on. I, I, I could. I walked out of Doom, the first Doom, an hour and a half. Yeah. I have to say too, I'm not the only one who felt this way. A friend of mine, she called me and said. Did you see Dune? I go, yeah. Didn't she? He remind you of Lee Grant? <laughs> wow. Look anything alike? But I understand the androgynous thing. Yeah. I mean, how old is he now? Twenty-eight. Yeah, because he he looks like he's fifteen all right. the time. That wouldn't have bothered me. He's supposed so to be a teenager, isn't he? Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Well, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. But it's just those high cheekbones. It's... <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, well. We'll see. I'm willing to withhold judgment on him, you know, because the character yeah, Paul the, grows into the leadership in the second. Even, he's, starting, he's starting to sound like John Simon. I know, <laughs> I know, and I'm sorry. He has to write reviews and be paragraphs on an actor's appearance, and that's what he would focus on. But this is—I rarely do that. But this one took me out of the movie. I will see the second one because I did think it was a technically brilliant movie. Yeah, and and um, again, I think Villeneuve deserves. They they just have this bias against. Science fiction. Yeah, well, Going as I do. all the way back. But, uh, you know, he directed, before this he directed, you know how much I love Blade Runner 2049, which I think is beautiful. I never saw it. And, I, liked the, and, I liked the Arrival. And Arrival, which, you know, what, uh, I thought Arrival was, okay. was beautiful also. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, flawed, but... Um, also, and you mentioned 
you know, Hans Zimmer, and the music's fine, but it's Hans Zimmer music all sounds yeah. the same to me. How does Johnny Greenwood not I know. The Power of the Dog? Not only that, but I'll get to that when we talk about actresses. I thought his score for Spencer was marvelous. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, not having that. And also, I know you guys didn't like In the Heights, but uh, I would have, I would have nominated Olga Meredith, you know, who plays, she was fine. Who plays she was good. Abuela. There and are, she was excellent. She was wonderful. Yeah. I had a whole bunch of uh, supporting performances. I don't know if you guys saw the the eyes of Tammy Faye. I have not seen it I yet. Have I watched it. I just, I, I love, I love Jessica Chastain. Though. But. Sherry Jones in that movie. Always great. I thought was marvelous. Oh, I always like her. And so. I thought she I thought she stole it. Ruth Nigga in Passing. Hello. Thank she you. She was really good. How, can you explain to mm -hmm. me how Passing doesn't get best adapt a, a nomination was for adapting for anything? Well, I don't know better why. than some of the other movies that were nominated. Yes. I I don't uh, get it. I, I mean, honestly, and, and Tessa Thompson also. Tessa Thompson for best actress. Honestly. Yeah, um, I, uh, Catherine Hunter for The Tragedy of Macbeth. As the yes, witch. She and she yes. got the New York Film Critics Award. Mm. No mention of yeah, that. That um, was good. Uh, Pure physicality. I love that performance. Um, uh, and uh, Katerina Balfe for uh, Belfast. I thought she was excellent. Yeah. Oh, she was great. And even though I despised the movie, I thought Nina Aranda for uh, being with Ocardos. I thought she was excellent. Oh, I didn't see it. Uh, no interest. It's worse seen as. Uh, an example. No, it's a movie not to like. I did not like it's, it. It's a movie that if I had a child who didn't want to be, who wanted to be in show business, and I did not want this child to be in show business, I'd show them that. Okay. I would show them that, and <laughs> they would they would come out screaming because, and. Uh, Aaron Sorkin admitted in an interview he did not like I Love Lucy. And I said, then what the fuck are you right. sorry no, and no one That you're my <laughs> making a movie of it. By, well, Sorkin can't direct. He, well, I mean, we said the same exact thing about Trials the of script, Chicago either. 7. The dumbest thing to me was that, that scene where she kept saying, something doesn't work. Where, you know, the whole thing... I was afraid the, she was going to win. The whole thing yeah. about, you know, the, the, the Fred Ethel scene where they're mm -hmm. supposed to, like, try yeah. to bring them together. And I was like... What director would do this? Put them with their backs to the audience like that, and there's something doesn't work, and the whole thing is like a recurring thing. It's like, oh, she's such a genius. She has them sit on the other side of the table so we can see their faces. Yeah, oh, man. my God. And, <laughs> Revelation. Uh, and also, supposedly, the thing with um, J. Edgar Hoover, that was totally oh, not, made up. It's, yeah. yeah. But uh, well, no, not totally made up. There was there, there was, was the Walter, there, was, there was the art uh, the leak. Yeah, yeah, there was someone apparently I forget the name. I think a senator or somebody, mm -hmm. but it was not J. Edgar Hoover. No, but, know, as if J. Edgar Hoover would ever do anything like that. Right, but it, it's um, I, I really like nothing about that movie, and uh, I wanted to walk out except that was a Sark screen and they were all there, and I thought maybe it's not a good idea. I, I didn't like the writers. I didn't like, it was just, I mean, it wasn't the acting about it, but I did like both Fred and Ethel, I thought, especially when he was on uh, uh, JK. Eh, if you can't sleep one night, watch it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, no, yeah, no it's, 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 as a film, it's okay. What, it, no, it's not okay. It's, 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 it's a miserable movie, <laughs> but you should watch it. I mean, to me, uh, in terms of a best actress performance, and I, was stupefied by how much I did not like Licorice Pizza. I really wanted to like it. See, I, I liked, liked it. I liked it more than you did. But I don't think I it's great. I loved 
her. Oh, she was. Oh, she was wonderful. She was great. Well, that was a that was a stronger category. The actress, but I had a lot of actresses who I thought. Well, Penelope Cruz was my number one choice. Got to see that. Uh, Renata Rensif for the worst person in the world. I know a great she performance. Was ex- well, she, was she was excellent. Really she got good. the Cannes Festival. Yeah. Tessa Thompson in Passing. Thank you. I loved Kristen Stewart in Spencer. Did not see it. I love it. But I movie. like her. So and I was surprised. Um, I haven't. I haven't watched. Uh, Spencer yet. Olivia Colman in The Lost Daughter. She's the woman I voted for in the SAG Awards. Uh, Jessica Chastain in The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Sure, your winner. Vicky Kreps in Bergman Island, which I'll talk about in my list see. of 10 best. Rachel Ziegler. I didn't know we were doing a list of 10 well, best. I have, oh, I didn't we need, always yeah. talk about the, the movies we thought were the best. I have 10. Um, Actually, yeah, I have 32. I thought we were just going to talk about the Oscar-nominated movie. Well, we did last Rachel year. Rachel Ziegler was wonderful. Rachel Ziegler, and then well, uh, an actress named, uh, trans actress named Patty Harrison. Who uh, uh, in a movie called Together with um, did not see it. Yeah, it's it was it came and it was without actually it's Together Together I think it's her and Ed Helms, one of the few comedies. Mm. I like. Yeah, this was not a, a strong year for comedy. It hasn't been in years. <laughs> in years. Well, we we did that whole episode on whatever happened to live action comedy. Okay, now can we argue so, about licorice pizza? Um, oh, sure. Well, well no. should we talk a little bit first about Nightmare Alley? Why did that get nominated over so Okay, movies? it's a technically a brilliant movie. The first, it's the, the first hour, everything set in the carnival is beautiful. And the rest of the movie is hellacious. I just well, it's hated just, it. It's just like after that first 15 minutes, like, well, I know where this is going, and now I have to suffer through this angst. <laughs> Kate Blanchett, another Kate Blanchett role I hated. Uh, I didn't mind this as much as uh, Don't Look Up. But um, well, don't look up. She's sort of she's cartoony. She's cartoony. She's commenting on her character. But how about and Tony Collette, who I don't usually like, and David Strathairn in those oh, he early was, scenes. He was that excellent. Are so good. I yeah. would have not, they could have been nominated. Yeah. Well, none of them were nominated. Yeah, I know. So I yes, know. Uh, Kate Blanchett got a SAG nomination for whatever reason. I, boy, is that overdone. But uh, it's Brad uh, Cooper's better than Tyrone Power in the yes, original. Yes, it, <laughs> overall, I think it's a better movie. He is. He is better. And well, it's a better movie. I know, I'm just saying, I mean, it's not saying much. It's, it's, a, it's a low bar. <laughs> it is a better movie than yes, the original. Yes, I would agree. But I, my, I, I disagree agree. because of the length. It just Well, yeah, that's, it was, yeah. yeah it was, I, I did been, not, I, I, I found the, the original movie to be frankly worthless, except for Blondell. For some reason, it has like a following. I, I know. It does. Well, because it's so different. It's, you know, Carnival Noir, yeah. which is, yeah. is kind of unique. Oh, yeah, true. Oh, well, it's, it's, oh, boy, it's black as ink. I mean, it's... But Licorice Pete, it's funny. Uh, Boogie Nights was on um, uh, one of the cable networks, and I ended up getting caught up in it and watching it, and I was like, that's what I wanted Licorice Pizza to be. Well, you see, and I thought it was in a way. I, I didn't feel that. I, I think I didn't I, love it's him. a meme. Okay. I didn't love him either, but believe it or not, I went to professional children's school here in New York, and I knew a couple people just like that guy, who got work as actors, and they were constantly on, and they were constantly doing things like trying to set up things, and he was very realistic. He's just not nearly as good an actor as his daddy was, and I think... No, well, think, who would be? Oh, right. No, well, I think Paul Thomas Anderson kind of thought he could be, and I think she totally outshines him. I it's just, not, I it's just not even get, close. Like, I, I'm halfway through the movie, so I think, why did you make this movie? Thank you. Well, you, you do know that this guy is based on somebody. Yeah, yeah. But it was, um, I mean... Not I mean, him. We, we kind of talked about this before that... Um, 
Because I know some people have said, well, there's, there's no story there. And I said, and you can say that's that. That's okay. About the can, master. A, well, you can say, you can say like the story is their evolving relationship. But, but throughout the whole movie, it's like, why is this smart 25-year-old woman hanging out with this annoying 15-year-old? It was a little creepy. It was, well, it became very creepy at the end. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and, and. I have to say, one of the actors that I went to PCS with was hanging out with a college girl. I think she was like 22, 23, and it's, it, it was just weird. But you had, you had the it, Bill... It's realistic. You it's, had the Bill Holden, Sean Penn yeah. thing. And Which that, supposedly and, and that, that happened. Okay, yeah, but that, so what? It Which was also, a good scene, but it was like, mm. why is it in here? And then you had the Brad Cooper, Which John I Peter scene. That's Which I hated I, that I hated part. it I didn't, also. I didn't I was like... like and then uh, like obnoxious, even... obnoxious asshole, get him out of here. Why is this in here? Right, and let's not even talk about the Japanese thing. Which oh was my just god, like, that, that was I horrible. Care for. It just wasn't even. That it wasn't. I... It was offensive, and it wasn't funny. Was not no, funny it wasn't at funny. all, and it was. I, it was, was weird. What was he, the point of that? It was way below his intelligence. I mean, Anderson's one of our two or three most intelligent yeah, I, directors. I, what was the point? Of on the other hand, I love the scene with the agent. The yes, Harriet that was good. Harris. And when she's backing the truck down the hill. Oh, that God, that, that scene that. was worth the whole movie. And I thought it was intriguing, the scene with the gay, the scenes with the gay uh, man running for uh, city council. Yeah, I, but it didn't go anywhere. It, None of it went anywhere. It's, well, you could say that about a lot of P.T. Anderson's movies. Magnolia really didn't go anywhere. But and I happened to like it. Them, why was that in there, too? It was like, it was it kind of kept loading up things haphazardly. And you know you don't need the frogs you know raining down from heaven to to wrap it up. It's it, it's it's funny though. I listened to a. That's what I mean. The wrap it up was that icky kiss at the end. I yeah. I, I listened to a um, a broadcast um, every Friday called Film Week from. Uh, I always forget about that. Yeah, uh, the Pasadena Public Radio Station, and when it opened, the two critics loved it, and then um, when it was when it came out wide in January. The two two other critics, because they have a rotating set of critics, they also loved it. But one of them said, "I don't know how this is going to play outside of Southern California," because he thought it was a kind of a Southern California thing. The reason that so many people loved it. I mean, you know, you want that done well. I mean, and Cameron Crowe is no filmmaker compared to, but but you know, almost famous. Almost where famous the character is, is almost the exact same age. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a coming of age story, and yeah. that and that just worked brilliantly. Yeah. This was just, I don't, I don't well, know. Well, that kid was just, more likable than. Uh, oh yeah, Again, that kid was more. not a professional actor. This guy was a professional actor. He was really in yours, mine, and ours. Yeah. Yeah. Not. I mean. So wait. Just. A, just a couple of quick notes about the show. How about the ten seconds each for Liv Ullman and Samuel Jackson <gasps> oh! for their lifetime achievement oh, awards? See, oh I'm so God. glad. Oh, there's Liv Ullman. Oh, I'm so God. glad we didn't have the party. <laughs> oh my God, that was horrible. Scream. <laughs> so there was a, a writer, and I'm not giving him credit, who suggested ten ways to improve the Oscars, and one of his suggestions, and I think this is a great idea, is to broadcast the government governor's. Uh, Ball. Ball on Turner Classic Movies. Hmm. That's a good idea. Yeah. Just the people who would want... I would have loved to have heard Lee Volman's speech. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Elaine May had a one-sentence <laughs> acceptance speech. She did a She literally came out and, and went saying... <laughs> Bill Murray brought her out, and uh, she said, I was hoping to be brought out by uh, President Z Zelensky, but I guess Bill Murray, Bill Murray will, will do. do. Well, and that's also, all she said. Also, there was that moment, because they made a big deal about, you know, celebrating the 50th anniversary of The Godfather. And like, they 
dragged like Pacino oh and De Niro and Coppola out there, and it was like, huh? Wait right, a minute! Sh- if you blinked your eye, you would have missed the whole thing. Yeah. And they had Sean Combs introducing yeah. it. Why? Why? Mom. I don't know. Why? I have to tell you about the Oscars show. I thought the three women, you know, they tried, but they weren't funny. None yeah, of them. And the material, a couple of moments. I, I thought that uh, thing with Wanda Sykes at the Academy was lame. Yes. And also having an actor, a well-known character actor, playing the guard, that was right, stupid. Yeah. Have, a, have a real guard. That would have made it a list. Well, how about, the, how about I the, thought the thing bringing up the actors... A lot of re- people have written about that. Well, it was, it was just lame and, 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 and disgusting. Apparently... Uh, Amy Schumer said that she wanted to do a couple jokes about Alec Baldwin, and the Academy said, said no. How, I mean, how about the how about the gospel choir for the necrology? Oh, the, the, oh God! <laughs> that was, I, I, I thought last year's necrology, but this this year is was the worst one ever. I ever. actually watched. Did you? I take it neither one of you watched the Grammys. No, no, no I did because I was I read somewhere that they were going to do. Um, a Sondheim medley during the necrology. I didn't watch the rest of the show. And um, Dear Evan Hansen, Ben Platt and Rachel Ziegler and Cynthia Averro mm. and I forget the actor from, um, oh, from uh, Hamilton. And they sang these, uh, uh, Not a Day Goes By, Sending the Clowns and then uh, from West Side Story. And they melded in together and it was beautiful. And for nice. the most part, you could see the artist's who had died. And then, of course, sometime, of course. By, by, and, it was a beautiful, was beautiful. thing. And, and it was like, whoever does the Oscars show, get get somebody yeah, like, who knows was, how to... It was so horrible. Mm-hmm. Did you get it was almost that? like the Monty Python version. Exactly. The worst, to... the, wait, the worst thing I saw in the show that nobody noticed was that when Daniel Kaluuya and her came out to give the, um, uh, to give the Best Supporting, supporting Actors... actors. Um, they were the DJ was playing Africa by Toto. Yeah, I do I, I that DJ right? thing. Which is like they the, get rid of the DJ, please. The most offensive. I mean, the most offensive. I've never been to Africa. I'm a white man. I'm gonna write write about Africa. It was so. And I'm like, why are you playing this while Daniel Kaluuya and her are coming out? It's like seriously. I mean, the music was just right. oh terrible, terrible. The, the my my vote for the funniest moment of the Oscars was Jenny Beaven's uh, acceptance speech for the costume design yeah, she was of lovely. Cruella, and they got her off. They got her off. They played her off. She, and, she got the, and I have to admit, I kind of did like Gaga and Liza at the end. Yeah. Ooh, that was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable, but, but she saved it. She's oh, like, uh, Gaga I, I, was, I, I, was oh, wonderful. Yeah, but it was, yeah. Still, it was still uncomfortable. I didn't even know it's, she was ill. It was, and, it was really hard uh, to I have watch. to say, though, looking at Liza... If Judy had lived into her 70s, I think that's how Judy would have looked. Yeah. Well, sort of, yeah. kind of. I, mean. yeah. I, I loved... Um, Same mannerisms, for sure. I love the fact that uh, Billie Eilish, who, I, who I'm a fan of, won uh, Best Song mm-hmm. uh, with her brother for the, an, another Bond film theme song one. That's three in a row for them. That's right. The um, grimmest Bond movie ever. I never saw it. I liked it. You, I, well, I could. Oh no, I didn't think it was a bad movie, but the grimmest. Bond it's movie long. Ever. It's, it's long, like two hours. But it's, yeah, it, was it is completely unique in the Bond canon because when Connery left, when Moore left, when Dalton left, when Brosnan left, there was no sense of closure. We're not no. wrapping up the character. This no, they just, just you just abruptly changed to a new actor. Plus, 
there are endless references to my closet favorite Bond film on Her Majesty's Secret Service. There are references <laughs> to that all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it's a be- Have you seen it recently? No, I saw it when it yeah. came out. It's First of all, Diana Rigg is the best Bond woman ever, well, period. Diana Rigg is probably the best actress who ever played a Bond right. woman. And and it, it, it it's personal and it's I love the movie. If you haven't seen it along, From Russia with Love is my favorite Bond film because I, like I think Gold it's perfect. Goldfinger's really like Gold start Finger. to get I like a the song. Silly. Well, Shirley Bassey. I mean, yeah, can't maybe argue that's that. it. Um, but I haven't seen that since it came out. But you know, No Time to Die is is worthwhile, and it was interesting to say, okay, this actor who's played this role since for fifteen years now, we are going to end, and we are going to go out of yeah. yes, wow. Casino Royale was a six. Wow. wow, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up with a bow, and then move on to another James yeah. Bond. Okay, but uh, but if you're gonna watch it, if you're a Bond fan, you're gonna watch that movie. Don't go thinking you're gonna have a fun time. Yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, well, what's the point of Bond if you're not... Well, yeah. I'm sorry, it's... Um, You might as well be watching Jean Le Carré. (laughs) If you're you're going to see a spy movie without, you know... You have a point. Yeah. I mean, there were there are were are moving on. I mean, there were other things I liked. I like I didn't particularly love either Denzel or Francis McDormand in in the Macbeth, but I thought the way it was shot. Yes, was so what I oh that, that's so stark. Yeah, it shot. It reminded me of the castle in Passion of Joan of Arc or yeah, Fritz Lang yeah, yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It, it's very yes. expressionist. I, I thought of the same in, thing, and also and remind me of of things from some of those Wells movies too. Exactly. That's, yeah. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I so I thought that was worthwhile. The performances were very good. I thought he was good. She was okay. I've seen better Lady Macbeths. I've seen yes. worse. Oh, I've seen. Are worse. you going to go see Ruth Nega on uh, stage? I think so. Yeah, yeah I think I may yeah. too. Um, For those of you not not the Scottish play, the Scottish. Well, God. I want to say that Chris Rock got slapped immediately after he said the name of the play he on did. stage. <laughs> he did. See, that's why there's a reason. But, but. <laughs> You know, I, I have friends who will not ever say it, and it's like, come on. You know? Yeah, I know. And, I, know, uh, I, know I know. I think it's If ridiculous. you're in Macbeth, then you don't say it. That's that's the uh, superstition. Did you guys see Encanto? Oh, I haven't seen that yet. The, uh, oh, the, yes, the, I, the, I did see it. It was pretty. I did it see was nice. it. It was not my choice for animated film. This is another film that's on my top of the year, Flea. Which yeah, which I have not seen. It's, it's on Hulu. It grabbed. It literally. I was with someone who saw it. I was a bucket of tears at the wow. end. It is such a beautiful movie. It is about, and it was. If you know, it, it, it was nominated, nominated for, for international yep. film, documentary, and animated film, and um, it's about an Afghan Afghanistan refugee. True story. Um, who, trying to get out of from Kabul and trying to get his family out. A gay teenager and moving to uh, Denmark and it's just it was oh my god I'm yeah so I'm dead that's that's top on my I have to say I liked all the documentaries I saw all five of them I was gonna say back to the animated movie I did see the Mitchells versus I did too that yeah. was fun that was fun yes that was well, fun that, that was, was one fun. of the few comedies yeah it was it was really mm. good Encanto is the is music's okay. great music's fine I'm just not a 12 year old girl yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I just couldn't get into it, but it, but I, I, I this is another one of the twenty one reasons yeah. why I could never be a critic. I did see Luca too, which I did yeah. not see Luca. Yeah, that's how I thought. It had some really nice moments, but pretty. 
you know I that mean, Italian coastline yes thing, oh yeah, yeah that was beautiful and when he first comes to the town and everything all the towns people doing all their different things but then it's just I don't know and then and then the very ending with the train and everything but other than that it was like eh yeah very eh but, uh, but back to the documentary yeah. Summer of Soul was I did was like probably it. my favorite movie going experience of the year I, hey A.O. Really. Scott had it as number one on his ten best list uh, just I liked it a lot that that footage existed of those people who there is not a ton of live footage of Nina Simone. Oh, you should! Oh, oh my God, absolutely! Yeah, John. that that was a good Stevie Wonder opening on yeah. the drums. Well, slide. to me, any movie that has Nina Simone <sighs> gets my vote. And Gladys Knight and the Pips. Yeah. And it, oh my God! No, and the, the... I did like it very. I, I would have voted for Flea just because of what it did Powerful. for me. Yeah. Also, I happen to have loved Attica. You guys get Showtime, don't you? I, we just got it, so yeah. that's on my list. Yeah, watch Shataka. It's it's great. And uh, the the other two films were good, too. The the one about the uh, Indian uh, reporters. That, that was very moving. And well, that, and a film from Bhutan got, got nominated. Oh, for foreign... For, and that yeah, was the, good. Did you see it? No, I didn't see oh, it. Oh, it's good. I want to see it. it all the, I have to say I liked Go all Bhutan. the uh, foreign language films very much. Now, let's get the, to our argument about... The worst person in the world. I just, which okay. you guys didn't like as much as I. Did. I just did not care about her. I did. Uh, I was I, not see, interested I, in her at all. Okay, I think there's some really good scenes in the movie. I yes. thought I thought she was excellent. I just found as the movie moved along, I started to kind of retreat from her because it's like just one bad decision after another, and I could picture when it got to that last half hour, I could picture some writer who was stuck, you know, in his room, like, okay, how do I get her out of this? Oh. Let's give the old boyfriend cancer. That old right. nudger. And I thought that was so and then contrived. The la- and that ridiculous ending. Ah! Ah! I'm with you, John Meyer. I hated it. Hated it. I liked it. The boyfriend and the, every, and the I liked everything the about the it. The ex-boyfriend yeah. who's now had a baby, baby with the actress that she was just filming. Uh, I had no problem. No, with you got to be kidding me. That was like soap opera stuff. No, as I said, if you want... Soap if opera I, satire. I would rather have watched Fleabag again if I wanted to see a woman making all the wrong decisions over and over and over with relationships. Have you seen again. any of his other work? No. No, it's yeah. sort, sort it's of a part trio. of a trilogy. Yeah. I've seen yeah. all three. I have one of them. The Reprise. Oslo trilogy. Reprise, which is about two young writers, um, kind of trying to find themselves and winning awards and not winning awards, and then the uh, second one was Oslo, uh, August thirty first. Right. Oslo. Uh, Oslo. <laughs> and um, that one uh, was about a, a guy getting out of rehab for twenty four hours, and his temptations and they're all the actor in it is the uh, fellow who played the doctor uh, whose name I cannot pronounce um, I, I, I've, Anders um, oh who plays the uh, yeah yeah uh, Anders Danderson Lee he was and great and he's also he a full time physician oh really yes interesting and he when he isn't acting he's working as a physician that's general, interesting yeah and he's also in Bergman Island fascinating <laughs> which um, I will talk about Shortly, so but I, I, it's it's actually my second favorite movie of the year. Don't apologize. No, a lot of people agree with I've you. I've seen I that just, twice, it, and I, 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 I do object to, um, uh, I guess it's Sony Classics, the way they're promoting it, because uh, if you want seen the trailer, make it look like a comedy. It's comedy, yeah. and it's, it's not. not a so comedy. not a comedy. So not a comedy. There is humor yeah. in it, but it is not. Yeah, I also comedy. found the moments where he takes you out of the film, like when everything stops and mm-hmm. she moves through, and then when they're on mushrooms and that that scene, and she sees herself. You know, she has these body 
image things going. I they took me out of the movie. Oh no! I didn't. Well, it did have a tendency to just kind of throw in topical things, issues, and then not do anything with it. It right. was like it was kind of like the director, like, oh, I know about these things. I want everybody to know. I liked it enough to to when his next thing comes out, I oh, will yeah. definitely go and see it. And see the other two if you can. I mean, I have the one, the reprise. I I, I found it. His films will be quite, quite good. So, and I think ultimately this year will be remembered in some ways for being a good, really good year for musicals. I mean, I think West Side Story, if any films from this year are going to be watched 25 years oh, from yeah. now. I, I will think, if I'm, I'm still alive. Really, I really liked it yeah, a lot. We, and I, it was very moving. I love yeah. that movie. I, I like Tick, Tick, Boom more than you guys did. Yes, you did. And I liked In the Heights more than you guys did. <laughs> so, I didn't like that either. Well, I, I liked uh, In the Heights more than Tick, Tick, Boom. I, 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 I would agree with that. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I thought In the Heights, I thought it was okay. I thought the play was okay. But I thought the choreography and the use of it, but it was a real film musical. They really yeah. used the tools yes. of film. Yeah, I, would, I agree. Yeah. To, you know, in, yeah. the, in the swimming pool scene, the opening scene, Olga Meredith singing yes. Paciencia y Fe in the 181st yeah. Street Tunnel. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, these guys are real filmmakers. Cine dance. Yeah. Remember? Cinedance. Cinedance, I remember. It's like Cinnabon, only less tasty. Um, but uh, uh, Cinnabon's good. And then there was Dear Evan Hansen. So oh let's, move, let's move on. I, I haven't seen that. Trust me, John, to. do not in any circumstances. Unless, <laughs> unless you really... So getting back to, to the other foreign films. Yes. Parallel Mothers. I know you haven't seen Which it. Which I have not seen. Which one? No, that Parallel Mothers. The Almanover. Oh, God, it's so good. And yeah. it was not... Uh, Spain did not nominate it for foreign film. I think it's because, because of, the of what it, yeah politics. Yeah. Is his I, first the only my only criticism was that really super abrupt ending. Yeah, I. It I, was like, wait a minute, did you turn, just turn it off or something? <laughs> I had no problem with anything about it. I mean, it's very powerful. I, I maybe I shouldn't even talk about a lot of our films because almost everything he's done that's original I've loved. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm gonna and I'll ask you. I don't want to give away too much. Yeah. But, because um, you haven't seen it yet, but but see it, Josh. I will. I think it's going to be on Netflix. Figured it out way before she realizes, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. But see, that's a good case of I want to stay on the ride. Yeah. I, this is done being done so well. I'm, I want to stay on the and ride. She is so always so really good. Always, good. always, always. I, I was so hoping everybody against, was good in it. against hopes that uh, that she would win. That she would win. Shastain. When I saw the movie, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, I thought. Yeah, okay. It had a one big problem. It had to tiptoe around the people who are still alive. Mm. Jim Baker, still yeah. alive. Pat Robinson, God help us, is still alive. <laughs> and because of that, the film could not be terribly powerful. I have to say, I didn't mind um, Andrew Garfield in this as much as other as films as he'd been. Yeah, I thought he was fine. And I thought she was good. I, thought, I, I think she's a good actress. I thought she gave a wonderful speech. Yes, well, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a fan of hers. Yeah, I loved her in Scenes from a Marriage, and um, I loved her in Tree of Life. I, I think yeah. she's just extraordinary. Yeah, in that. I don't remember her. Really much. Uh, she's fine. Uh, well, he doesn't like Tree of Life. I don't you like and I Tree love it. Right, well, time will tell, my friends. The only other movie that we haven't mentioned that I want to throw in that got lost in the shuffle was I had, you know, I'm an English major, English teacher, and I've always in my med in my medieval class we read uh, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. And I always love the poem. It's the weirdest poem I've ever read in my life. And I thought the Green Knight, you know, the one with Dev Patel, didn't see it. What? Yeah, actually, did a really 
lovely job. It was beautiful to look at, and it was, and it kept the weirdness mm-hmm. of the poem. Did you see it, John? I, I haven't seen it's it. It's really worthwhile. Okay, and, and okay I, I'll I'm make it a very point. pleasantly surprised. I have, I, have a, I have a list of ten movies which I've talked about that I, I just frankly loved more than anything I saw last year. Okay. Anything. Yeah, no, just... Uh, Drive My Car. Sure. Worst Person in the World, West Side Story, Parallel Mothers, Flee. My sixth is Bergman Island. Which I have which really want to see. Which is written and directed yeah. by Mia Hansen-Love. It's on Hulu. Mm. It's filmed on Pharaoh's Island, and it deals with... Where the, Bergman shot his, yeah. Yes. It deals with the relationship between an unmarried couple played by Vicki Kreps and Tim Roth. And how two competing filmmakers... And they're not married. They, they have a child. But how are they having a relationship? And uh, part of the movie deals with being unfair. Do you know that there is a Bergman safari each year? Really? There really is. That I'm going to go. surprise me. Yeah, you I'm know, gonna it doesn't go. surprise me. You would want to go. I'm definitely going. I, I'm, I'm going to look into it. Maybe not this <laughs> Here's summer. where he played just with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you do see places. They are staying in the, uh, in the uh, rooms that scenes from a marriage. Was shot in right. Um, oh, they're they're aware that they're yeah. staying. Yeah, oh, well, I yeah. see. I see. Oh, yeah. But they 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 mention that, and um, they also talk about Bergman and the whole idea of an artist is great art, but may not be a great person. Well, and Bergman yeah. is not. A great Gee, what a surprise! That's, Bergman, that's everybody. But, but uh, when she brings it up, you know, people on the island are like, "Well, he was this and then that and this and that." But he was a lousy father. Yeah. Yeah. A totally lousy father. Most great artists are lousy people. And then there's a movie within a movie. A movie that she's writing and uh, about two people who meet at a wedding who were uh, teenage lovers and they just happened to meet at this wedding, also on Faroe Island. Yes. And it's played by uh, the uh, Swedish uh, Norwegian actor Anders. Oh, why can't I remember? The same guy from. From uh, uh, Worst Person in the World. Um, uh, and Anders Danderson Lai, who would have gotten my vote for best supporting actor, and um, Mia uh, Waskowska. Okay. Most of it is in English, so it's it's not a Swedish film, and so and that's about forty minutes of the film, and that's a interesting film too. So would a non-Bergman fan? Yes, appreciate absolutely. It? Okay. A Bergman fan will like it even more, right. and I'm afraid I'm a. No, I'm a well, Bergman fan too, yeah. but I mean, it's. I, I, mean, I would recommend it to you're, a nine. You're much more so than I, I know. You're the I, one who drove seven hours to see a Bergman film. Twelve I'm, hours to see a Bergman film. No. Well, twelve hours. <laughs> when you, you love Cries and Whispers and the Yes, it over although and over. Uh, there is it a line. To be a Bergman movie. There was a line in the movie where someone says about Cries and Whispers, this is a horror movie without catharsis. Okay. Mm. Okay. I'll buy that. <laughs> So what else is on okay, your, and your the other list? list? Well, the other well, the others are the Year of the Dog, Passing. Once again, I unbelievably love this movie. overlooked. That drove me Actually, crazy. Besides you two, I don't know anyone else that's seen it. It's brilliant. It is. I, I love the novel. I, you ever I, watched it? Of course, I've oh, watched yeah, it. Okay. Yeah, I liked it a lot. But I just I, it's the only movie of this list. Think, I don't think too many people have seen well, it. Well, it's no, too bad. It. I, I wish it had been more at the theater. This is the only film that I saw on. Uh, the, uh, the streaming and I and wish I'd Netflix did not do a very good job to promote no. terrible terrible they did have one SAG screen which unfortunately was on a Sunday night which I missed uh, Spencer pa- Paulo uh, Lauren and he directed what I call The Wretched Jockey a movie I hated with Natalie Portman right you know And but this was I thought this was fascinating 
Uh, she spends 72 hours, uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas, and Boxing Day in 1991 with the family. And um, I thought Kristen Stewart was just extraordinary. I like her I as wish, an actress. I wish I she had won over Jessica Chastain. I'm sorry. Jessica Chastain, she gave a good performance. Uh, Kristen will have her day. But uh, I hope so, because... Um, <clears throat> I have to say, too, a friend of mine who listens to this broadcast uh, told me that um, one of the problems with uh, uh, The Eyes of Tammy Faye is Tammy Faye did not sing that well in real life. She was actually a pretty bad singer. All right. And Chastain was a much better singer. <laughs> and the other, uh, I, I said past scene in The Year of the Dog, the other movie, and I'm, this came and went, and I hope you guys, I don't know where it's streaming, is the card counter the Paul Schrader? Yeah, the Schrader with Oscar Isaac. Oh God, it's good. I think it's still streaming somewhere. Well, uh, I think it's a Netflix film. No, I no? don't think so. Oh. I don't. I. Uh, All right, I'll have to look at. Uh, well, wait I a mean, minute. I, I I think I wrote after down, First Reformed. I'm I'll back into Schrader. So yeah, it's not as good as First Reformed. But where did I put my? Uh, oh, Prime Video. You have to rent it. It's on it. Amazon. Okay. You have to rent it. All right. Uh, but this was really, really good. I think Oscar Isaac gave the performance of the year. I wound up voting for him in the SAG Awards for Scenes from a Marriage just because how good he was in the card counter. It's a kind of a cross between Taxi Driver and Robert Bresson's Pickpocket. Pickpocket. Yeah, well, we know how much yeah. Trader loves that one. Yeah. So. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah. a, it is basically about a card counter. He's... But he's a, a former soldier, served under Willem Dafoe, who's this evil general. And I don't want to say too much about it. I, I hope know. people... You get a little bit of everything here. Yeah. I'll definitely see James it. James Bond, Marvel movies, and Robert Bresson. Robert Bresson. Well... <laughs> the whole the whole smorgasbord of film. And available I, to you here in Vintage said, I would, uh, I found, Come on, Dan. I found these ten... <laughs> I found these ten films far better than, than any, the ten than, than the last. I'm, well, no, no, because two of them, well, so, two of them were nominated. Uh, uh, Drive my car and um, I'm West especially Side Story. with you. Story. I'm especially with you on passing, Michael. I, oh, I, I, passing. I hope that it will find an audience. As oh, time goes how on. they didn't get nominated? Yeah, I. It's uh, it was not the, promoted well at all. No. Mm. But Ruth Negga did get uh, a SAG nomination for supporting actress, and for me, it was a close call between her and Andrea. Dubois. I, I I just almost gone eeny meeny. Ariana Dubois. She was so great. She, she was really was. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. John, any any films you want to add into the mix that uh, or have we covered mm, just about I everything? I think you pretty much covered it. I mean, my my movie going was not as active as usual these past months because exactly. I broke both wrists and had surgery. That's right. <laughs> excuses. Excuses. <laughs> exactly. You don't watch with your wrists, John. You watch. You walk to the theater. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it's well, a struggle right. to do things. So, yeah, an interesting year. And I think I just want to sort of wrap up this section before we move on to necrology by talking about uh, Ross Douthat's article in the, in the Times, uh, which if you haven't read it, fans, check it out. It basically talks about the end of movies. Not that, you know, movies are ever going to end, not that going to the movies is, is ever going to end, but really for the last century, movies have been the central primal source of our pop culture and that phase seems to be ending uh with streaming yeah. with a whole lot of other things going on and so i wanted to get your guys take on that is something changed and lost irrevocably i, I think he left out two major things as far as movie going and that is 
the cost of movies. Absolutely. Oh, no, he, he criticizes well, the theaters. And, well, and, and that and the fact that a lot of people, they just don't want to put up anymore the, the inconvenience of trying to go to movies. It's so much more convenient. Just, oh, I can just stay home Absolutely. and watch it on, and sit you know, through eight it. It's not the same. It's not always the same experience. But, no, but it's almost never. Is, but when it's so much cheaper and so much more convenient, people are going to opt for that. Because they know eventually they'll be able to do it that way. But another the other thing too is that, as far as streaming series, we have so much more freedom now of what you can do on a series, right? Yeah, and a, That's on true. something like HBO but, or Netflix or whatever. But so I like so much he, better. I like what he said that if you had had ten hours to make The Godfather, it would not have been a great, greatest work of, as great a work of art because Coppola had to condense it into. Yeah. And so it stands as a, as a superior yeah. work of art to even a Breaking Bad or a Mad Men or right. any of those right. great right. series. Another yeah. problem, which I don't well, maybe he did bring it up is apart from major cities, you know, you, you get towns, and even mid-sized towns, that will have, you know, two or three theaters, and um, they're showing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. They're showing, yeah. Uh, uh, there's a 12-plex and six screens are showing a Marvel movie. The Batman movie. Yeah. I, yeah. I have a friend in... Uh, Green Bay, I would call him up saying, you got to see this. Well, it's not playing here. Or if it does, it plays for like three, four days. And it doesn't give people a chance to see it. And, and, and with these theaters, with these 12 screens, they should have like one theater at least to show uh, one of these foreign films or to show um, Bergman's Island or The Card Counter. Well, also, They're not given a chance. As far as, as far as movies in the theater, there's... That was changed a lot by, say, Star Wars and Jaws. The whole right. emphasis mm-hmm. on the opening weekend. True. And you get you like that first week or so. If they don't like do well, they start to pull the movies. The yep. theaters won't keep them. And the, and then the development was that it used to be the American box office that was important. We talked about this in our "What Happened to Live Action Comedy" episode. Is mm-hmm. that now it's the global box it's, yeah, office, it's and so you've got to show stuff with you've got Spider Man and Batman, yeah. and you know things with Roman numerals on the end. Yeah. That's the only thing that's going to which make, which brings me back to the Oscars for a moment. That. Horrible <laughs> part with like the most so called most popular moments of the year. I never heard of three of those so movies. It's like, like, please get rid of this segment. Do you know going why they forward. did All of Zack Snyder's fans loaded up on the internet and, and, threw, and threw the vote. That's oh, what happened with that. Yeah. God. I mean, it was totally, it was another pointless thing oh. in the Oscars. But one thing I did love, let's end on an optimistic note what? before we go, is that the last thing Dath had said is that one way to combat this is that. And I've been doing this for for you know, over twenty years. Is to teach film. Yes. Is to yes. is to educate yes. younger people. In now, if I were creating my film class That's now, part of the motivation of why we're doing this, right? If I were to start my film class now, I might include some moments from Breaking Bad or The Sopranos okay. or The Wire oh, yeah. or Mad Men, but yeah. because there are some, but. I think it, it sort of behooves us, according to him, and I don't always agree with him, but I did on oh, this, God. that we, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, that it makes it all the more important to teach film as an art in the way you teach, you know, classical music or ballet or opera or painting or anything like that. It needs to be preserved. So I'm out there on the front lines, people, and as John says, that's the whole reason we did this in the first place, yeah. is to hang out, talk about film, and hopefully open some doors for you guys. So film is, it's the end of film as the central cultural, pop cultural thing. But, you know, it's kind of sad that no one's going to, 
that I don't know if we're ever going to have that experience where everyone's got to go to this movie that yeah. just came out. Probably yeah. not. You know, yeah. and that, but that's true in music too. There's, there's, it's the the yeah. wonderful thing now is that you well, can it's also that it's the shared reference too. It, the, the lingua franca is yeah. what he calls it yeah. exactly, John. And the wonderful thing now is that you can watch and listen to whatever you want, whenever you want. And I think yeah. that's the bad news too, yeah. because we have no shared cultural. touchstones experiences or when like I mean I remember as when I was much younger uh, I was young at one time um, (laughs) fairy tales can come true it can happen to you it's been been debated (laughs) (laughs) it's true I was a senator when Tiberius was emperor there you go Um, there used to be also that shared experience when I when a feature film uh, premiered on TV Yes. Yes. Because everybody would watch everybody it. Everybody watched it. And the next day, like anybody you knew, we all watched the same yes. thing. And you would talk about it. And there was that, that shared experience. Yes. So it's yes. interesting times. It's, 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 it's going to be a struggle to keep film alive as an art form. But on the other hand, I think I, this, uh, I'm not self-aggrandizing, but I think it what makes what we do, what we try to do here, all the more important. I think it's, you know, to... Yes. to Open some doors for people. Yeah. So let's close some doors, Mikey. Let's, oh. ne- let's necrologize. Okay, well, I, I first, I missed somebody from the last necrology, and I wanted to get him in for, for one main reason. And I'll explain that at the end. Jean-Jacques Benet. Benet, yeah. Benet. Uh, he directed one of the best movies I've seen in the 80s, Diva. Wonderful. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. With the aria yeah. from And yep. other Woo-hoo. films include Betty Blue, which no, so was not as good, and IP5, The Island of Pachyderm, Pachyderms, which featured Yves Montan in his, la- in his final film, and he had a heart attack on the set. Oy. And apparently a lot of people blamed him, the director, for <laughs> Montan dying. He was 70, you know, Montan. Diva was a hell of a movie. And, if you've never yeah. seen it, folks. Yes. For people who... Live in New York. Diva will be shown at the Film Forum, April 29th through May 6th. Yes. And I, I'm going to see it again. It's 40th anniversary. And anybody who lives in the New York area who hasn't seen this film, I don't want to say anything about it. it it's one of those, it's almost like a Casablanca. There's it's something in it for everybody. Yeah. Perfect. It's yeah. so, so good. And that's why I All right. brought him up. Okay. <clears throat> Alan Ladd Jr. 84. Good producer. Producer and studio executive. Was a guiding hand of many successful films in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. He was VP for Creative Affairs at 20th Century Fox and was very, very instrumental in getting uh, Star Wars produced. Yep. Yeah. I remember that. And as well as Young Frankenstein. And uh, Mel Brooks talks about him in his memoir. Did he produce the right stuff? The Lad Company did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was going to get to You know how that. much I love that one. Um, he also, with under 20th Century Fox, he, he was into um, producing films uh, with women at the center. Julia, The Turning Point, mm. An Unmarried Woman, and later, Alien. Yes. It was his idea yes. for that character, the Scorning Reaver character, to be a female. Wow. Oh, interesting. Yep. He gave so us was, Ripley. So, so yes. it was originally, originally written as for Absolutely. a man? Absolutely, yep. It was Good his for idea. him. And then he later formed the Lad Company, and he won Oscars for Chariots of Fire and Braveheart. Well, on that note. They can take our lives, but they cannot take our podcast. <laughs> Freedom! Freedom! <laughs> oh, we have to have war paint on I when know. we say it. <laughs> Next is Tim Constantine. Constantine. 
81. Actor. Most known for role was on Mike on the TV series My Three Sons for yeah. Five Years. Mm -hmm. His film debut was at 12 in The Clown with Red Skelton. Mm. He also appeared in Shag The Shaggy Dog and as FDR's oldest son in Sunrise at Campanello. He also worked for a uh, TV series for Disney in the 50s. After he left My Three Sons, he was only on for five of the 12 years. Oh, that's right. He appeared occasionally in, in film, most notably as the soldier who gets slapped in Patton. And I thought then that was Chris Rock. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <No>. Full circle. <laughs> Too soon? Too soon. <laughs> He had a career in sports and as a sports and automo automobile photographer, writer, and author, and he occasionally substituted for William Sapphire in his own language column in the New York Times. Oh, okay. Interesting. Man of many yeah. parts. Yeah. Tony Walton, 87, production and costume designer. Right. He won an Oscar for his set design of All That Jazz. His first Fair major enough. film was designing the sets and costumes for Mary Poppins which starred his then-wife, Julie Andrews. Oh. His other Oscar, no Oscar nominations were for the costumes of Mary Poppins, Murder on the Orient Express, the Sidney Lumet version. The good one. And The Wiz, and uh, he was nominated for the set design for The Wiz. Although he worked extensively on the stage, he also designed the costumes and sets for A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, Petulia, The Seagull, Equus, and Death Trap. A lot of work for Sidney Lumet. John Corti, 85, hmm. film and TV director. Now, he won an Oscar for the documentary Who Are the DeBolts and Where Did He Get 19 Kids from this, like, 1978. Hmm, I don't know. That. And then it went on television and he won an Emmy for it. I think they've since changed the rules. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I think. yeah, I think that was the only time. He started out directing uh, small films in the 60s, such as The Crazy Quilt and River Run, and he worked with a couple of... And um, uh, George uh, Lucas. Lucas. He worked in that whole uh, factory, but he preferred working in television. He uh, won an Emmy Award for directing the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman. Beautiful. And then occasionally worked in theatrical films such as Oliver's Story, the sequel to yeah. Love Story. He actually said he preferred working in television, and he had quite a... Um, Quite a career in television, but I decided to mention him because of the Oscar win sure. for the, the Bolts. Bobby Rydell, pop singer. Now, I thought he was in more movies. He, he had a contract with Columbia Pictures, he was 79, but he only made one movie, Bye Bye Birdie. Oh, that's right. And he was considered good in it. I thought he was pretty good. He was okay, yeah. Uh, and actually... It, the uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the play Bye Bye Birdie. Yes, I've seen it. Yeah, that character, Hugo, who it was originated by uh, Michael J. Pollard, doesn't sing or dance in it at all. Interesting. Interesting. And in the in the movies, um, uh, uh, the Anne Margaret and the Bobby Rydell characters were pumped up. There's actually, if, if you want to hear, if we have time for a very, very funny quirk. Okay. At the end of the shooting of Bye Bye Birdie, everybody got up and said, what a great star, how great it was to work with Anne Margaret. And Margaret this, and they gave her more songs than the original character did. And everybody from the director, from the lowest person said, yes, we loved working with Anne Margaret. So then it came time for Maureen Stapleton. And she said something to the effect of, 
Well, seeing as I'm the only person in this room who doesn't want to try to fuck Anne Margaret. <laughs> That's the second time that word's come up yes. in this podcast. We're getting a little blue here, people. We're going to abandon Boston. I thought it was good for a while. And she, uh, she mentions it in her, in her memoir. Anyway, I now have also six character actors. I'm going to briefly mention, just very briefly, but some of them you know. Uh, Conrad Janis, 94. Sure. Actor and professional musician. He was a trombonist. He's best known as Mindy's father on Mork and Mindy. Mindy. His films include that Hagen Girl with Ronald Reagan and uh, Shirley Temple, which sort of ended their film careers or was the beginning of the end. Airport, 1975. The Happy Hooker, Mr. Saturday Night, and The Cable Guide. Mitchell Ryan, 88, best known as the villain in the first Lethal Weapon film. Oh, sure, okay. He played the retired general, general. turned heroin smuggler. Yep. Also appeared in Gross Point Blank, Liar Liar, Ed, Judge Dredd, Two Minute Warning, Magnum Force, Electric Light and Blue, High Plains Drifter, but he's known on television for playing Greg's father, on Dharma and Greg. For Dharma and seasons. Greg. Wow. Rather very career. Yep. I saw him on stage once in Jace, as Jason in Medea opposite Zoe Caldwell. He was great. Mm. Paul Herman, 76. He's best known for his television role on The Sopranos. Played uh, Peter Gaeta, uh, also known as uh, Beansy, the owner of the pizza parlor who gets hit in the head with a pot of hot coffee. <laughs> That's a career. <laughs> His movies include The Cotton Club, Once Upon a Time in America, Heat, Radio Days, Bullets Over Broadway, American Hustle, Goodfellas, and most recently in The Irishman as Whispers to Tell. Oh, Whispers. Oh, yeah. okay. He said the only time he ever got to play a saint was when uh, Martin Scorsese cast him as Philip the Apostle in The Last Temptation of Christ. Mm-hmm. No Harvey Keitel. Uh, Master, what should I tell the people now? Mayor's <laughs> Jesus, come on. Nehemiah Persoff. Oh, 102. Little Napoleon. Yes. yes. He played over 200 roles on TV and film. Movies included The Heart of the Fall, The Wrong Man, The Greatest Story Ever Told, Voyage of the Dam, Yentl, An American Tale, and most famously as Little Bonaparte in Some Like It Hot. Famous line. In the last fiscal year, we made $112 million before taxes. Only we didn't pay. Only we don't pay no taxes. <laughs> he had a stroke at age 70 and slowed down, but took up painting and did over 250 watercolor paintings. Wow, good for him. Some yeah. people say good. he's gotten a little too big for, for his, his fats. <laughs> and do you know that that role was originally intended for Edward G. Robinson? Oh, that would have been... Yeah, <clears throat> but he didn't want, uh, Robinson did not want to work with George Raft. Interesting. Apparently, he hated him. Oh, well, I've heard, I've heard stories about a yeah. lot of people did not like George Rennie. He did yeah. not want to be on the same set. Yeah. Because, and uh, I, and he wanted to have, originally, I think he wanted to have Cagney to play the George Raff role. Mm, yeah. Well, that would have been... That would have been fun, too, because well, saved, you would have had the Pat O'Brien, James yeah. Cagney thing going Save Cagney on. for 1, 2, yeah. 3, which is fine. Right, yeah. which is true. Oh, he's great in 1, 2, 3. Ray Allen, Tony Award-winning stage, TV, and film actor. She made her film debut in 1956 as Gloria, the nosy reporter in Damn Yankees, a role that she originated on stage and received the first of her three Tony nominations. Other films include The Tiger Makes Out, Where's Papa, Ron Liebman's wife, and A League of One's Own, Lloyd Petty's and uh, uh, Gina Davis's mother. Most famous TV roles uh, was as Steve Buscemi's aunt Quinintino in The Sopranos, 
and as Mrs. Sokol, George's unemployment officer in the, in Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know Keith Hernandez? That lady. Yeah, yeah she was very good. I saw her in the, in the play. I saw her in the play when I was a kid, and Miss Reardon drinks a little, and she... Won the Tony Award. She stole it from Julie Harris, Estelle Parsons, and Nancy Marchand. Three so women who are not easy not to steal. And then the last and possibly the most beloved is Estelle Harris. Georgie! Yeah. Best known for playing Estelle Costanza in Seinfeld. Also appeared in Once Upon a Time in America, Out to Sea, and in all the Toy Story movies as the voice of Mrs. Potato Head. Right. That's right. And she didn't start acting professionally until she was in her late 40s. Okay, those are the end of the character actors. Our last ecology goes to William Hurt, yeah. 71, film and stage actor, won the Academy Award as Best Actor for A Kiss of the Spider Woman, a film in which he waived his salary so it could get made. He was also nominated for Best Actor in Children of a Lesser God, Broadcast News, and as Best Supporting Actor for History, History of, of Violence. Violence. Right, which I didn't like him in. Oh, I did like him in this. I didn't like for the movie that much, but I liked him in Oh, I liked the movie. Yeah, yeah I, I, I liked the, sort of liked the movie, but I thought it came alive when he was in it. Other movies were Altered States, Eyewitness, Body Heat, Body Heat. Woo-hoo. The Big Chill, The Accidental Tours, Gorky Park, Alice, The Doctor, AI, Artificial Intelligence, The Good Shepherd, Syriana, Tuck Everlasting, Captain America, Avengers, both Endgame and Avengers, Infinity War. Mm. And that's just a partial list. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. Uh, we, I mm-hmm. just, I do the Virtual Film Society, we're doing Neo Noir, and we watched um, Body Heat. Ah, Body Heat's great. Yeah. She's so. Everybody's good, good in it, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she's, well, she steals it, but. She I mean, steals but is... I, I loved Richard Crenna. Yes. And yeah, he's good in it. Yeah. Actually, and even Ted Danson's good, good in Ted Danson, I've never seen him before, yeah. before that movie. And that was only, well, no, he had done two before. He had done Eyewitness and all. I like Altered States. Altered States is an first. interesting film. Yeah. Yeah. That's his first film. That's Chayefsky's last script, yep. right? Yeah. Yep, and uh, who I guess wasn't happy with it because he had uh, changed his name on the credits. Interesting. But uh, apart from a couple of episodes of Cool Jack, William Hurt was not in film at all. He was a pretty much a stage actor. Yeah. Looked extensively yeah. with Circle Rep. Interesting. Yeah, that's a big loss. Yeah. That was some. If you if you were around in the eighties, you know he kind oh, he was of big. he kind of owned the decade. All right, Michael, thank you for that. We move on to everyone's favorite segment. It's John's quote of the month quiz. Okay, so the quote from the last episode was, "Well, I used to be bad when I was a kid, but ever since then I've gone straight, as has been proved by my record: thirty-three arrests and no convictions." That is B.S. Polly as Big Julie in Guys and Dolls, Guys and 1955, Dolls. directed by Joseph Mankiewicz, of all people. Um, do you guys know the cheesecake story? No. Guys and Dolls? No. No, let's hear it. Well, I can't verify this story. That's but it anyway. Who cares? Okay. <laughs> we uh, just throw well, anything on here. Do you guys know that Marlon Brando and Frank Sinatra did not yes, like that, each other? Yeah, we know. Uh, apparently, they it was verging on hate. Mm, sure. Um... And part of the part of the the rift between it was first of all Sinatra just didn't like Brando at all because of professional jealousy because Sinatra was considered for on the waterfront mm-hmm. and then Brando got the part. The other was that supposedly during the making of Guys and Dolls, Brando was having an affair with Ava Gardner. Whoops! <laughs> oh, you know. 
I'm wondering now, where the cheesecake now the thing comes is in. Also, <laughs> and the thing is that also, they worked very differently. Frank Sinatra wanted to show up on stage, say his lines, and leave. Yeah. He just wanted to do Which one Which is thing. why so many of his performances were, are terrible. Yeah. Brando liked to be able to do multiple takes, try different things, partly because that's the way he you know, evolved as an actor. That's how he was taught to, you know, to, to build the part and everything. But he really did not like Sinatra. And he liked to, you know, nudge people and kind of play games with them. So he purposely kept blowing his lines so that Sinatra would have to keep eating more cheesecake. <laughs> Till finally, Sinatra just had it and said, how much fucking cheesecake do you think I can eat? And wow. walked off. This is our F-word episode. That's three times. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I, I it. can't verify that story, but... I've been hearing it, it for a long time. It works. <laughs> okay, so the new quote is... Oh. All right, drum roll. Of course I'm respectable. I'm old. Politicians, ugly buildings, and whores all get respectable if they last long enough. Yep. Got it. Yes, me too. I expected you two to know it right away. I did, I did. <laughs> I've been saying it lately. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there you have it. So if you think you know the answer to that one, check out uh, the, the uh, response and a bunch of other resources and things at our website, cleverly entitled www.vintagesand.com. Um, I am excited for our May episode. We're going back to a format we've done once before in episode 27, I think it was, where we did a deep dive into the films of Bang Joon-ho. And honestly, you know, objectively as I can be, I think that was one of our best episodes. And not only that, I enjoyed that so much because I hadn't seen most of his early... Right. Yeah. And so I'm really looking forward to... And we're going to do this again this time with the next Best Director winner, this one from 2020. We are going to look at the four films of Chloe Zhao. Uh, and uh, one of our most promising talents. I, although I'm very curious, I haven't seen Eternals. Neither I have neither. I'm not a Marvel fan. Her first two films are absolutely beautiful. You know how much I love Nomadland, and I'm interested to see. Uh, Eternals did not get very good reviews. Forty-seven on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm interested yeah. to know why she decided to do that. Was it something that she had obligated to before? I don't no, think so. I think I think it was they threw some money at her, and she, you know, said, okay, yeah. Well, listen, also well, probably gave her freedom to do something else, and it so. also worked for Ryan Coogler, you know, who yeah. had made smaller film. Well, yeah. the Creed yeah. wasn't small, and then you know made Black Panther. So, but I don't know if you guys have seen the first two. Uh, I so, saw the second. I haven't. The writer and songs my brother's yeah, taught me. They I, are. Because the writer won the National Society of Film Critics for Best Picture. Beautiful. We'll talk about it. Yeah, and a very interesting voice. And so we will be doing a deep dive director's cut into the works of Chloe Zhao for our May episode. So this is the point in the proceedings where I remind you, I apologize for all the F-bombs, and that this is a five nines and a four production as always. Want to thank Melissa Cabot for her technical help, Mama Sue for the use of the hall, um, uh, Gabby for her ass-kicking logo. Uh, remember that we are still on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Again, please check out the website and leave us your feedback uh, and suggestions at www.vintagesand.com. And until next time, happy watching, be safe, and we hope, as ever, that your favorite movies will always be streaming. <laughs>